Well, fellas, I really didn't think we'd report before Chris Jones did. But, you know, here we are. Welcome to Only Weird Games on KCSN. We'll tell you more here right after this. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Only Weird Games, formerly known as Time's Ours. I am so very happy to be here alongside Seth Kaiser, Nate Taylor. I am Joshua Briscoe. This is Only Weird Games on Casey Sports Network. Fellas, we can we can talk about the name of the show. We can talk about where we <laughs> talk about the roster cuts we can talk about the comments that will pour in as we are live in the video world yes this episode today yeah i just i just want to hear you guys i just want to hear your voice i just want to see the smiling faces that we all have here today because usually we can't see each other in this show and for a little while we weren't sure sure what quote this show was gonna be at all so fellas it's so (laughs) good to see you it's so good to be here it's it's fantastic um, well, he, he did wear a tie to this occasion, so that's how you know it's it's it's. I mean, we've we've made it, guys. Um, we can't thank you enough for being patient. For really, you know, this officially kicks off the season in my mind because we're here, guys, on camera. Like I know uh, how chaotic my life can be. Uh, I know how tedious. I mean, look at this man. Um, yeah, I mean, somebody got an upgraded equipment, y'all, before we started recording. And, One Rito piece. It's not a professional broadcaster. I asked. <laughs> look, I don't want to brag or anything, but uh, I paid dollars and dollars for this webcam, and I look sharp. Now I look sharp in the sense that I'm very well defined. I'm not sure this adds to the viewer experience, though. <laughs> and I look at my picture, and I've, I've got a lot of questions for Jazz when I get home. I don't know if you guys know this. I mean, this is a brand new show. I have a wife. Her name is Jazz. Yes. Um, kind of a looker. I don't know if you know this. This show is going to be a really weird thing for people to start finding right now. I've given this some thought, guys. Oh, no. That's going to happen. Like we We are in front of people who have not seen or heard of us before. Who have not who have not been lifelong listeners of Times Ours over the four years that it was a life? Mm-hmm. There are going to be people who experience this and are very confused. And look, they'll they'll figure out that for the most part, you know, uh, we'll talk football occasionally. They'll yes, they'll be, I guess, things to discuss regarding the Kansas City Chiefs. But you know, that's that's like gonna happen eventually you know but for now uh we have found the correct place to start this new voyage the correct um just audience that we have both respected and admired from afar yep even though we're tech you know even though two-thirds of us are in town um and look here all the anticipation for the, again, the outpouring of love and support for what we did previously. And, you know, 
uh, it was strategic, ladies and gentlemen, as to why I, I asked people. I think it was the Cardinals preseason game. Like, hey, you got a name for the podcast? Like, please, like anyone, tell us. Uh, so we did a bit of crowdsourcing. We we tried our best to uh, not bombard you, but obviously keep you keep us in your mind. And yeah, we found really the only title that makes sense for us, considering that this audience is going to find out sooner rather than later, whether they want to or not. I mean, weird is just what we do, y'all. Like, so <laughs> I, I mean, there's plenty of people who have loved this. And so we are opening up ourselves to, to obviously have a, an even bigger audience. Um, if you loved times ours, please share that with, uh, with your friends. Uh, whether they're obviously in Kansas City or across the world, because, you know, there are people in Japan who listen to us. And with the help of KCSCN, the fact that I used to do a, you know, a, a weekly show with BJ last season, um, the, the partnership, it made the most sense for us. Uh, Josh has really been leading the way. So for anybody who loved Times Ours, they should give a, a huge credit to Joshua Briscoe, because this man... This man was putting in hours, y'all, while I was up in St. Joseph, Missouri, <laughs> grinding that tape, y'all, just just <laughs> grinding so much tape to find out that, yes, unfortunately, the team today had to, um, in essence, say goodbye to, you know, almost half the roster, which is wild yeah. when you think about what this day means. But it does sort of propel us to the regular season and the fact that it's only going to get weirder, guys. So, uh that's really all I have to say, uh, despite knowing people want to clearly find out how weird this thing is getting between Chris Jones and the Chiefs. And, and it's getting weird, y'all. It's getting really, really weird. It only gets weirder from here is actually, I think, I think we just found the unofficial subtitle. Although weird is what we do. We're, we're going to have some options. Yeah. Uh, I, I got at least one tweet today from somebody who said, hey, really happy to see you guys over here. Uh, but why is that the name of the show? And I don't know if that was I don't know if that was a serious question from a newer listener or a sarcastic one from an older listener. Uh, but we we end up I found that tweet that I quote tweeted today. Um, we've, we've certainly been been talking about this since I think the dawn of times ours. The Kansas City Chiefs play one specific genre of football game. It happens pretty much every week. And when it's not weird, that's weird, too. Yes. The Kansas City Chiefs play, as we've discussed many times over, only weird games. And exclusively weird game. Exclusive. <laughs> don't, we, we aren't, Tucker did the logo, Seth. Shut up for one second, please. Don't make him change the name and do a different logo. <laughs> it's just too much of these strange contests brought to you by the Kansas City Sports Network. No! Oh, so uh, it's it, only weird games. And that logo looks so great. Everything we're doing right now looks so professional. Oh, Josh, you were talking, please. I was, I was gonna, I was gonna say since we mentioned um, you know, producer extraordinaire, graphic artist extraordinaire, maybe most importantly, almost entirely sports intern extraordinaire, uh, one of the OG interns, Tucker D. Franklin, uh, who is obviously a, a longtime part of KCSN. Uh, he, he, we, we had some late night texts back and forth to make sure we were uh, landing on something brilliant, and uh, Tucker rushed it in a major yes. way. Uh, so I, I really... Here, here's my one like big picture thing, and then Seth, I'll give you a chance to you know again introduce people to your wife more or your kids or whatever it is that you think is important um, from your perspective. But a couple of things are are really really exciting to me now, which is one, 
and I think people know this. If you listen to Times Ours and you've been a part of KC Sports Network, you you probably could have guessed. This is gonna be this is gonna be the show we used to do in video, completely surrounded by people who who also understand this show and why we do it the way we do, which is just that this is how we are. Um, and that we're friends, we like to talk about football. But this is going to be at worst the same show you were listening to a month ago. I think that we have better things in front of us still. Yes. But man, I I don't think you would be I, I don't think I would be able to hide this fact if the if the inverse were true. I'm really excited to be doing this show, you two, at this place. Uh, because I think I think everything that KSGS has been doing for a while, like you said, we we are not only enjoyers of the content, but friends of most of these people. And uh, I'm just really stoked to be here. I'm really excited about only weird games. I'm looking at the logo, and I am thinking that we may finally have a future with Merch in it. You know, the people asked about Times Zone for two years. Yes. Never happened. Sorry, everybody. I think Tucker and I can maybe make some magic. We can figure some things out. But uh, I think this will be a very, 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 very similar show to the one that hopefully you enjoyed before. If you're new to the show, we got something special for you. And uh, we know it's going to be only weird games for the Chiefs, only weird shows for us. Seth, what do you got before we start talking roster nonsense? First and foremost, if there's anyone here who is new, and based on the comments and the amount of grief that we've taken in the comments, I think most of you are old friends. Yeah. I could not be happier to be doing this. Um, unlike two other people who are part of this podcast, I have worked with BJ previously last year doesn't count Nate we're ignoring information that doesn't agree with okay I'm like I'm like hey man hey and so we I am reuniting with multiple alumni from SB Nation Uh, some of you don't understand what it means when I say Minnesota Chiefs fan and Baja are back together but we are and it's terrific it's incredible for people that might be new or who are listening to this podcast new and they're looking for Chiefs content. And like, man, these guys have talked for a while already about themselves. This is our first podcast. We don't usually talk about ourselves this much. That's not actually true. Oh, we but... do. Sorry, Seth. We do that at least 10 minutes every show. But, yeah, but it's, 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 know, it's within the context crazy. of games, wins, losses. Yeah. Or, or if one of us happens to free up the wrong or very right movie, and it just goes. Um, but so I, I analyze film. Nate knows more about the Chiefs than anyone who's not named Brett Veach. Josh, what do you... Josh has diabetes. Wow. That's true. That's true. My defining factor. Just ask Seth. Just ask <laughs> Seth, a lawyer who does lawyer stuff for fun, really. That's where his passion is. Yeah. And I'm wearing I'm wearing blue, guys. This is not black. So there are people that, that watch on, on like the Chief of North stuff. This is blue. This isn't black. It's just I'm figuring out the lighting thing here. I don't I even have my ring light. I see a ring light reflecting in your glasses. I know. That's amazing. Oh, I lift my look at this. Oh, get your shine on. I, oh my god. I've got a ring light behind me. My skin's never looked better. I'm just excited. I've 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 de aged a full 20 years, which makes me how old, Josh? Uh 65? Yep, give or take. There it is. See, sometimes you don't just put it on the T. You walk them all the way up to the batter's <laughs> box. You just help them choke up on that bat because they're very small and the bat's heavy. You just, just swing as hard as you can. And so I'm excited to do this show. I cannot wait to I, I cannot wait to talk Chiefs. And Jack, I've got great news for you. We just oh had boy. people who were listening to the podcast. This is going to be so immense. Jack asked, 
Do these guys know ball? He will only listen if they know ball. Now, fortunately, the knowing ball percentage on this podcast, I mean, hit, getting a hit a third of the time, that sends you to the Hall of Fame in baseball. Or it sends you to this podcast. You're a hater of Troy Aikman. <laughs> we got a hater of Troy Aikman, an ultimate ball knower, and a man who makes noises that are illegal in 17 countries. So we are ready to go. I could not be more excited. And, of course, it comes on, you know, cut down day. Yeah. <laughs> there might be news. Some of the comments that have stuck in my head was somebody said, I'm just glad Josh made the three-man roster. That was very funny. Uh, three men, two pancreases. I'll, I'll add an additional, like, a half time, maybe maybe two and a half pancreases. Mine does some of its job still, just not most of it. Mm. Uh, and to answer a hypothetical rhetorical question that Seth asked a second ago, and then we're going to dive into all of the stuff happening today, you can continue to read all of Nate's work on theathletic.com. You can continue to read all of Seth's work at uh, mnchiefsfan.substack.com. And you can continue to hear me uh, weekdays 10 to 2 in the zone and uh, after Chiefs games on Sports Radio 810 WHB. So we are all in our usual places, 810, The Athletic, The Chief of the North Newsletter, and also 810. Um, so you... Hey, Seth, do you do you want to do you want me to text Tom Martin that that we're on camera and he can see this? Because, you know, Tom doesn't know me that well. Nate, I'm not even sure he's aware of the running bit we have. They talk in the comments. is like, when is Tom Martin coming on? And I think that's and a great, it's a great idea is to be immediately next to Taj Martin. So you people can do the whole Old Spice, look at your man, then look at me, then back to your man, then back to me. Thanks. I don't need Jazz seeing me and him standing next to one another. I kind of think so, they could already do that, Seth. Yeah. Also, um, we we did not we did not tell Danielle this, um, but Danielle, uh, formerly I guess now times ours again weird to say, uh, she just texted us only weird games. It's perfect. So we've we've done it, guys. We've done it with your support. We are here. It is only weird games, and you know much like I talked about. Yeah, I guess, wow, it is, it is almost a month ago. But much like I talked about then, you know, we started that podcast uh, coming into training camp, trying to find out where things were. Of course, um, if you weren't with us then, hallelujah, God bless you. You you, you didn't miss much. But <laughs> we did talk about Breland Speaks and Chad Heaney. So, Josh, who was the first player that we are going to talk about on Only Weird Games? I did think about that, and I wanted it to be the proper funniest name it could have been. I, I do like the idea a lot, but I know I said a name right before in the cold open, and there's another name that questions will continue to pour in about, a guy who did not get cut today, a guy who isn't on the active roster today, though, either. We're going to start with Chris Jones, and we're going to start right after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. College football fans, are you ready for week one? DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking you up with a can't-miss offer to start the season strong. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on college football and score $200 in bonus bets instantly. Anything can happen in college football. Your team could go from unranked to dynasty mode in just a couple of years. Change comes fast. The only thing that's a lock is the great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook. Life's more fun when you're in on the action, so here's what you gotta do. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code KCSN. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on college football. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code KCSN. The crown is yours. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You must be 21 years or older, physically present in Kansas. Bonus bets expire seven days after assurance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. We're back. Tucker handles the business in between, and uh, we can now talk about number 95, Chris Jones. Not here in Kansas. I mean, I haven't seen him in Kansas City. Not on the active roster, certainly, as he was officially placed on the reserve did not report list. The holdout continues. Um, I don't know how loaded this phrase is from Adam Schefter, but he tweeted out the phrase, holdout goes on with no end currently in sight. Um, we got a Tory line from text from the agent. It was Come on. It was perfect. I, I don't, you know, honestly, I don't know if it's from the agent, Seth. I don't, I it might come from the other side uh, because the other side made it clear how long the holdout could go. I mean, you want to talk about putting some sauce on the tweet. Oh, it was delicious. Oh, my God. Um, this man said no in, in sight. Not in sight. Also, we ate. <laughs> So, I mean, look, we all know Chris has to be with the team at least by week eight to accrue a season, which, of course, will get him actually to free agency or at least push the discussion back towards the Chiefs of, hey, do you want to franchise tag him? Do you not? Um, He's going to play at some point this season. So it is hilarious to me. Adam Chapter said, with no end in sight, even though I know when it ends, it's after they play the seventh game of the season. So um, it's funny because you can see the posturing and the back and forth. It also, I just love the idea of there's a reason, guys. They didn't, they didn't just, you know, a lot of teams today said, look, here's the cuts, guys. Here it is. It's, it's not even 3 o'clock yet, Central, which is the NFL deadline. It's... Uh, it's... we got to put it out there. It's like you know, Taylor and false starts. It's more like a guideline than an actual rule. Yeah. It's like, do we have to... I mean, okay, all right, bring them in. Uh, uh, you want to you talk? Uh, okay, well, look. Hey, you do you. We're going to do us. It's just, it's just fine. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna figure out the roster, and if you're not gonna be here, then you know what? Somebody's gonna get a paycheck, and that person can thank you later, I guess. But guys, all this says to me is ultimately game one is now really in jeopardy. This isn't just a bluff. This is a reality, and Chris is willing to miss opening night banner ceremony. Uh, the whole country watching Chiefs, Lions, football's back. It is the official start of fall. It's in Arrowhead Stadium. It's going to be packed. It's probably the most on-demand ticket in the Chiefs history in that stadium. And Chris is telling you that he's willing to forego all that because he just doesn't believe he's been respected enough in the contract negotiations. So I will be surprised if he's there on Sunday, which is the team's first practice. And if he's not there Sunday, then uh, you can pretty much scratch Thursday night with him in, in a Chiefs uniform. Cool, 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 cool. No doubt. Yeah. We've talked a lot this month, Seth, very rarely about Chris Jones. Where yet? Well, I, I've, you know, I, I spent all of the offseason telling people, I'm not worried. This is <laughs> posturing. 
And so now, you know, that this is how it works. You got to pay the piper. People are asking me now, are you worried now, Seth? I'm like, yes. I'm <laughs> worried that I will join everyone. I, I've reached a point. I understand the man said we gate. I get it. That's hard for me to believe that he means it because of the implications on the franchise tag the next year. Uh, because if, if the Chiefs are willing to hold out till week eight, that means they're they're saying, nope, there's our line in the sand, whatever. And that means they will 1 million percent franchise tag you next year. And if you say, well, I can, can, can confirm, can, can confirm. Oh, like, man, like can't confirm the idea that like, if you thought, you know, Orlando Brown was going to have it easy with a franchise tag and the idea of what that was going to look like. Um, the the understanding that I've come to know, Seth, is which is great, is, yeah, you want, you want to take it to week eight? That's fine. That actually puts us in a really good range to actually franchise tag you and still have control of how this goes if we even do want to trade you or if you want to plan a one-year deal that's more in line with checks notes what you make this year. Yes. And that's it exactly. And I, that's actually something I hadn't even considered until Joel Corey had a really great tweet thread that he, I mean, he does a great job covering that stuff. And that's where my guess is Jones and his representation, if I were a betting man, and, and I tell people all the time, this is business. I'm not mad at Jones. I'm not mad at the Chiefs. This is business. Both parties are looking out for their interests. Fair enough. I'm just mad. I'm not mad at anyone. I'm just mad because let me just say what Jones and his representation, they might say, sure, have your big opening night. That's a pretty well-coached and good offensive line you got there. Yeah. Game if Jared Goff threw for six touchdowns on you because you ain't got anyone to rush from the interior. Because here's the deal. Oh, this just is so upsetting. Charles Amenehu is a much better pass rusher from the interior. He showed that off. I might write about that a little bit later this week. As soon as the Chiefs moved him inside, in this last preseason game, he just started eating. He's a great pass rusher from the three-tech. And maybe the Chiefs could have said, if he weren't suspended for like that whole time period, they could have said, look, man, is he only 80% of you? Yes. But is 80% of you still real good? Yeah. So we'll survive. Whereas now, you don't have him either. They do not have, like, their best interior pass rusher is Treshawn Wharton. And I like Wharton. But, you know, see, I don't who's their next that. best interior pass rusher? Who's their next best interior pass rusher who will be on the roster in week one? I think I know the answer. Okay, Ooh, this, is inter- this is interesting because I don't, I'm not I mean, sure. Mike I Dana. I think it's Mike Dana. Who's their second is- best edge rusher right now? You're so like, right. I don't know Mike why Dana. I forgot Mike Dana. Mike Dana is their best interior pass rusher. Without- and maybe their second best edge right now. Yeah. It's yeah. the same guy. And it's yeah, Mike and Dana. It's, but we all know, still, but it's the- Mike Dana. There's no maybe in that. He is. He's their, he's their second best as of right now, yeah, basically, the way they're constructed. He was probably their second best pass rusher last year. I like Dana. He's better off inside. And maybe if FAU could come on quick and Karloftis can do some stuff, you can hope. But I think Jones and his reps are like, let's see how week one goes. And one way or another, I think you might see something get done after that happens. Um, because, like, let's say the Chiefs kind of roll and they actually do win. And Veach calls him up again, says, look, man, you just cost yourself $1.2 million. You cost yourself this trade camp. Your franchise tag just got cheaper next year. Let's not do this. How about I'll offer just 
this much more, whatever. Or just how about you sign now? I just can't see Jones. And again, for players, one thing to keep in mind, and Nate, you'd have more to say on this than I would. If it's purely a monetary thing, him holding out until week eight doesn't make sense. Because between the training camp fines and everything else, and then all the money he missed, and then the money he missed on the franchise tag, and how that would affect him in contract negotiations, not just with the Chiefs, but anything right. he was traded for, you, he would never make that money back. Ever. Because now you're sitting at 15, 20 million. You just can't. But sometimes it's about more than money. And if he feels like he hasn't been respected in these negotiations, you are staring me looking at your phone, man. You are freaking me out. Nate's eyes are darting up and down. We don't. We didn't usually have video on for times ours. Like we just would have only audio, which is how I would have to guess when Seth wasn't listening or when I could, you know, hit mute on my mic and play a little Pokemon Go. Um, we can't do that when there's video on. So yeah, um, it is, it is nerve wracking, Nate. I, I look. I just wanted to double check a few things. I wrote it in the Athletic last week, I believe. Um, so I just just for our audience today. Um, let's say he really does push it all the way up until week eight. Um. Yeah, it's $9.8 million based on the game checks he would forgo and the fines he has from when the veterans were expected to report, which I believe was July 25th, up until today. Um, you know, I know as fans and even as us, you know, and, and reporters and media, like, we like to say training camp. And most of that time, when you say training camp, in parentheses, that usually means like St. Joseph. The way the league looks at it, the way the collective bargaining is put together, um, is training camp is from the moment you report to cut down day. So he missed all of camp from a, I guess, terminology standpoint, contractual standpoint. And that's why the team had to place him on the did not report list so that so that they could have a, a, a roster spot. Now, when Joe's reports to the team, he will get that roster spot back, of course. They'll have to make a, another transaction um, to, to move things around from the for the 53-man. Um, but yeah, based on him missing every part of training camp from when he was supposed to report to now, uh, yeah, he's, he's cost himself already, uh, you know, more than $2 million. It's 2.25 today. And then, uh, he will forfeit 7.58, uh, million in weekly game checks if he misses seven weeks. Not to mention part of his his contract, there's a there's a sack incentive, that's a total correct, number. and I think that's over a million too. So correct. that that's those are the reasons I'm optimistic that he'll he'll come in eventually, but it, it just a lot depends. The Chiefs may well come in and score like 65 points on the Lions in Week One, and Veach and Reed they know another thing is that they can play with house money a little bit knowing that they've got an offense that, oh, we need to score 40. Okay, we'll score 40. Spags, you're kind of insane. Why don't you do some weird stuff for a bit? And again, the Amenahu suspension messes with their leverage a bit because Dana could rush well from the interior. But they they, they they had a plan here. And I'm so frustrated after watching Amenahu rush from the interior a little bit more in the final game. I want to see him and Jones next to each other so bad and they're taking it from me. You, you'll be able to see that when they they play their first game in week eight. Yeah, Thanksgiving. <laughs> what are you talking about? Why? This there's going to be like this line in future years where people are going to be look at the Chiefs' season statistics and be like, "Well, DVOA the weeks one through seven. Whoa, <laughs> what happened? 
happen? Like, just like, suddenly, you know, like suddenly they average like, you know, five sacks per game the rest of the year, which, you know, is get out. There. But I, I don't know. So I, I don't think he'll he'll wait out that whole time. I think, Nate, you made a good point. There's posturing going on here. Someone's going to maybe hopefully blink. I don't think it'll be the Chiefs. I really don't. Um, but we'll see. Here's here's I got one thing kind of from each of each of your the things you guys each focused on. One is that I do have a direction uh, to to point your anger into because I just have really sort of been marinating on this one for a while and it really annoys me. Uh, the other the quicker thing is that Nate, you're talking about all those those spying numbers and everything that you laid out. That's monopoly money when you have a new contract coming. That's cash when you don't like a three million dollar fine for Chris Jones would would definitely give him a mobile notification. I think I have that notification set for anything over $5. I bet he has it set for anything over 900 grand or so, right? <laughs> but, but if it's, hey man, listen, Chris, this is my agent voice. Listen, Chris, you can get like 90 million guaranteed here in like a couple of months. You just don't even worry. This is not real money. This is money that we're going to get more money to this money. This money is the seed that you plant to grow a money tree. So just hold on for a little bit and it'll be fine. Well, now there's no money tree. Now it's, hey, Chris, don't forget to cut down this tree on your way in. See ya. It's like, wait a second. I thought that this was the, the whole logic of all of that, which the common ground here is I don't know the Cats brothers. I don't text the Cats brothers. I don't know. I don't know what their deal is. I don't know who their people. I don't know. What's their They're, deal, man? I don't know what their look, deal is. Look, they just wanted a nice a nice platter from Joe's Kansas City. They wanted to have a nice chit-chat. And then, look, any updates? Anything? 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 We saw Chris Jones out in public with the team twice this year. Once at the White House, which obviously they couldn't do after the COVID Super Bowl. And so I imagine he said, I'm going to the White House. Yeah. The other time without the ESPYs, when you saw them cut to the crowd to show the Chiefs winning award, the award for the best team or whatever, uh, you saw Patrick Mahomes, I think Brittany was there, Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones, both Cats brothers. Uh, I'm trying to remember the rest of the Chiefs players that were there. They're both in the shot, right? They are. I mean, like, one of them is next to Chris Jones. The other one's like a few seats down. <laughs> Here's where I'm at. Again, I don't know how they actually operate. Maybe they're the best agents in the game. I don't know. Their agent list is a bunch of dudes and Chris Jones. Which maybe maybe died. A bunch Jones. of guys. Yeah, thank you. A bunch of guys. One dude. So... My request, if I was Brett Veach, and this can also be partially on the Chiefs too, but when we start this negotiation in late February, early March, early April, when we're beginning to have like the conversation about the terms at hand here, you got to know that you're within the ballpark of each other, right? Because otherwise, look, man, I, here's a guy I also, I'm not a huge fan of the way he operates, but I'm going to use him as a good example now. Drew Rosenhaus, point A to point B, whatever, figured out we're going to get Tyreek Hill out of here. We're going to get him to Miami. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to cause our little private mess at a time when the Chiefs would have a chance to move Tyreek Hill. We're going to make sure that the Jets are in the mix just to make sure the Chiefs could get a return here. If it's if it's Miami and only Miami to Tyreek Hill, we don't need the Jets to know that, and we don't need the rest of the league to know that. Let's drive that price up. We're going to get a return for the Chiefs. We're going to ship off the guy who has been a cornerstone of this of this dynasty. We're going to shock the world in like two hours from exploring trades to God. We're going to make all that happen before the NFL draft because why else would the Chiefs do that? If you're the Cats brothers and you think, hey, we, Chris, we just talked to uh, to Veach and then the draft's in a month here. Uh, we just talked to them and it it seems like, look, we're going to get you that Aaron Donald money one way or the other. I will, Quinn and Williams, who gives a bleep? They'll figure that out. 
we're start with Aaron Donald working backwards and not by very much. If that's where you're at, say that in April and get moved then. Don't you the way the faces Nate is making is also causing the alarm. Because I'm just I'm just I'm just this is just me thinking about what could have happened. I don't know. Absolutely. Nate's making a way that makes you think I'm doing okay. I want to see Nate faces I as I say another counterpoint side of it so we can be mad at everyone. If you're the team Yes, this is this is still true. If you're the team, the time to have this conversation about how far apart you are is also before the draft when you can get an unbelievable return. Or, I don't know, when someone like Hargrave was signed for $13 million a year, who, while not as good as Jones, can do a passable Jones impression for a couple of years. When you've got guys like DeForest Buckner who are in the final years of contracts, or the, who's that defensive tackle down in Miami who's in the final years of the deal? Today, they said it's not getting a deal done. Yeah, it was an absolute stud, by the way. They're, they, If you know it's going to go this route, the time to take action is then, not, you know, July. And that, I'm frustrated with everyone. Nate, you made so many faces. Can you tell the people anything? I'm going to interrupt Nate before he gives us the actual answer. Today. I also would be just as mad at the Chiefs if it's the Chiefs' fault for doing that. If they said in April, yeah, we'll figure it out, and they said we're going to get them at $25 million. don't sweat it, and they were they were calling a bluff. If that's the case, you, you called a bad bluff and it wasn't a bluff, you're, you're looking at aces. Nate, what actually happened? Who should I be mad at? Okay, I'm going to try to break this down as best I can. The Chiefs have done this before. i give you an example of it working with the Chiefs. I have no example of his representation facilitating a move like that, because it's new to them. Um, correct. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through this as quickly as I can, ladies and gentlemen. Um, it's different when you draft a player and you see that player develop and you see that player get to a point in his career where he literally brought you to the Super Bowl. The more I think about what Chris did last season, in particular in the AFC Championship game, that might be the apex moment in his career. Because defensively, he helped win them a game that a year ago he had opportunities to, to help them win, and he didn't. You know, Obviously, people remember him missing the two opportunities to sack Joe Burrow one um, critically in the fourth quarter of that AFC Championship game. So with everything that's happened, I think the Chiefs want to keep Chris Jones. They have been both public and within the organization pretty set on keeping him because they know how valuable he is and the fact that he pressures offenses in a way that is different than Nick Bosa. And to some degree, you could say that is a commodity that is just as valuable even though I think Nick Bosa is the most terrifying player not named Micah Parsons in the league. So it's okay, Chris, if you're like third or fourth on that list. You know, we're who knows what's going to happen with TJ Watt this year if he stays healthy. My goodness. So there are more people on the edge who can do that at a high level than there are people in the interior that can do what Chris does. They obviously understand that. Um, they gave him the entire defense last year. They said, hey, man, we're going to build everything around you. We got Joe Cullen. Um, you know, Frank's going to come back, and he's obviously remotivated. And this is all designed for you to lead the defense. And he did that in a way that is truly impressive and commendable given what he wanted two years previously, which was that specific role. Now, Chris has made it pretty public that he wants to be a Chief. I honestly believe him. Um, I believe that to be genuine. I think he understands what the fan base does. 
what it means to play alongside, you know, Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes and obviously be coached by Andy Reid and Steve Spagnuolo. Um, this is a thing where, from his viewpoint, he really believes he's better than Aaron Donald. Like, he believes that. And statistically, last year he was. And as much as the Chiefs say that that contract is an outlier, which technically it is, technically it's a real contract that exists. So I know people have asked on the chat, how do you see the difference? How do you see the gap? It's been hard to pin that down. I don't know if any reporters have, have truly given where the actual gap is. My best guess right now is somewhere between 29 million and 25.5 because I believe Quentin Williams is at 24 a year. So you could say, well, based on principle, Chris, if he wants to be the second highest paid defensive tackle, that gets you at 25 automatically. So you're sort of building from there in terms of the negotiation. And then, of course, um, in Chris's mind, he believes $30 million means I'm in line with Aaron Donald. I am in line with Micah Parson, whatever the world he's going to get. I'm in line with what Nick Bosa is going to get, which will be more than Chris Jones. I think Chiefs fans should understand that too. Whatever Chris gets, Nick Bosa's getting dog money. Like, out like Nick Bosa going to make the actual bank, y'all. It's going to be incredible. And they just traded trailers. What are they doing? This is so wild. So wild. Thank God Brock Purdy is a seven-round pick. Hallelujah. Tommy now, John. Seven-round pick with Tommy John. Now, like, you can pay Nick Bosa all the money, dog. He our quarterback. Not that dude over there. The quarterback is so good. The problem is the Chiefs got the best quarterback in the league. And perhaps the best coach in the league. And they all ain't making the highest paid salaries amongst their peers. I think the range is 29 million, probably 25.5, somewhere in there. I think if you get the 29 after two weeks, great. Like, shake Chris's hand, congratulate him, uh, congratulate his owners. They did a marvelous job because everybody else, whether it's Jeffrey Simmons or Quentin Williams, they've really all gone to just one over, just slightly over the next guy. Whereas, again, from a posture standpoint, the Cast Brothers could say, hey, we got you 28.5. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Hey, and we made them miss a game. We made them feel that. We made them feel that what they didn't want to feel, baby. We made them feel something they didn't want to feel. And then they came back to us and said 28.5. Or, I don't know. We asked for 30. They didn't, they didn't say 30. And now it's 26. And it's not going to change. And we're only going to forgo more checks. And we're only going to forgo. And we got to pay that fine. Like, by the way, that fine does not get absorbed with a new contract. I need to say that every time we talk about this, it just he has to give that money back. That's why the CBA, from a player's standpoint, is not great, Bob. It's not great. Now you know why Jonathan Taylor's at camp. Why now you know why Jonathan Taylor had to go to Jim Ursay's bus and say, please get me out of here. And then Jim Ursay was like, based on the CBA, dog, you was here. <laughs> like, so the kids, it's wild how the business works. So from the Cats brothers. It's a it's a calculated gamble. I understand it. There's a statistical argument to say that Chris Jones is a $30 million player based on production. 
But also, mm-hmm. what if you don't have to pay him $30 million? Like, it's tough, guys. It's really tough. And, of course, we don't say his name enough. The last person I'll say is Clark Hunt. What does Clark Hunt want? That has been hard to pin down. Clark Hunt wants to win Super Bowls. Clark Hunt is obviously one of the most respected owners in the league. But ultimately, he's the one that authorizes these decisions. He's the one that obviously actually writes the check, puts it in escrow, you know, and hope that Chris Jones, who's going from 29 to 30, can have similar production as age 30, age 31, and age 32. Whatever deal happens, if it does happen, you're really talking about this season and the next two years. Um, I don't know if Chris would ever touch the third year of the deal or the fourth year of the deal if it comes to that. But hopefully, the the Chiefs view Chris Jones very differently than they view Tyreek Hill, even though you explained that so well, Josh, as to why it made sense for all parties involved that, hey, if you are if you really want to be the highest paid receiver, which he did, we can't live with that. So already, Clark Hunt has put a line. It is a philosophical, if you not Patrick Mahomes, the line probably not going to change on that. And if Devontae Adams shows you what is possible, hey, man, go out sit, go out there and see if you can get it. You know, but quietly, see if, see if you can get it out there. He wouldn't got it. You know, his his agent put on a master class, as they would say. Um, but with Clark Hunt, how much does he want to get this done? And does Clark Hunt need to see it for himself? This is what my defense looks without its best player. And that's a factor that um, is really, really fascinating. And the Chiefs are at a point where they can say, we're about winning, but we're about doing it the correct way. And from a salary cap standpoint, are you willing to make a you know a financial compromise? That's what I've said multiple times. The organization is going to ask any player, are you willing to make a financial compromise to help us win the Super Bowl, to help us be a dynasty, and to, hey, you said it. You said it. Not me. The agent didn't say it. Joe Corey was like, why do you say it? But you, <laughs> but you said it. You said, hey, dog, I want to play. I ain't going to play for no other team, which... Hey, I respect it. But also, you're on the record and you said it. <laughs> so, about that financial compromise. I'm going to go ahead and see. I'm going to see if I can get a hold of Michael Bay because he seems to be the only guy who's actually seen Chris Jones in person over the last month or so. So, uh, I'm going to blow some things up and try to get a hold of him, see if I get any intel. If not, we'll take a quick timeout, come back, talk about the roster cuts as the Chiefs are down to their initial 53. Also, a trade? A tr- actually, Two trades, one in, one out today for the Chiefs and some real surprises uh, on the 53. We'll talk about that next. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. It's more fun to be there for live Kansas City Chiefs football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the Kansas City Chiefs and the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com Chiefs. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I, uh, I've asked I've asked in our private chat here amongst the uh, three of us plus Tucker, uh, who's off camera but in there. The most perfect way we could kick this off was me looking at the clock and then messaging Tucker. Hey, Tuck, you had a personal uh, hard out time today because uh, I think we got some more shouted to. Right, we started a couple minutes late. We're going to go a couple minutes long, and welcome to Only Weird Games. Let's talk about the cutdowns. Um, the uh, the big move of the day, uh, this morning first thing, Amir Smith-Marset traded to the Carolina Panthers for a conditional 2025 seventh-round pick swap. I joked on 810 today, all right, everybody, what would you trade? What would you do a seventh-round 2025 conditional pick swap for? You kind of took the air out of my sails on this one earlier, Seth, but I would trade my pancreas for a seventh round 2025 conditional pick swap. This is not doing that much for me. Uh, but happy that, that uh, Smith Marset got to turn a great preseason into a more secure roster spot. Anything more than that from either of you there before we get into the next move? Um, it's nice to see them put to bed the uh, not. Is it what I would have done? No. But as someone who has been saying, through not gritted teeth, but through softly resigned teeth. Soft teeth? I have scurvy, so. <laughs> <laughs> Diabetes and scurvy. Only we think. <laughs> um, like, I've just been saying, like, people are like, well, because, like, very early now, people were like, well, maybe this guy instead of Marquez Valdez Scanley. And I was like, no, 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 no. Let's all just calm down. You, But then... It became about Justin Watson, who's kind of the fan base's new punching bag. Yeah. It's not... A little offensive Dan Sorensen going on with Justin Watson yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, like, Justin Watson is not on the sidelines. It's like, coach, coach, you got to put me in. I am so much better than these guys. you got to run me out for 50 snaps a game, coach. He didn't do that. Justin Watson is standing there, an incredible athlete by any reasonable standard, yeah. with his helmet in his hand. And Andy Reid's like, hey, I need you to run across or you're going to be the pick guy so Travis Kelsey can get just a tiny step on Derwin James and go win a game against the Chargers. And Watson's like, oh, you want me to be exactly seven and a half, half yards down the field before I plant and get exactly that spot? I will run that exact route and nothing else. 
<laughs> and that's all the man's doing. Don't hate on him for that. That's not his fault. He's, like, but he's just doing what he's told. But <laughs> had I been the one pulling the strings, I probably would have said, you know, this this guy looks a little bit more capable of winning against man coverage because that's not something Justin Watson does. And so it, it's nice to see that kind of put to bed, but it's still very frustrating to occasionally see the um, the desire for a guy that plays the position the way you envision it should be played, making it over the guy that seems to be clearly more talented. And that is a thing that both Andy Reid and Steve Spagnolo do on occasion. Um, so th- that that's my thoughts. On that. Oh, and Daring Kennard got cut. Which, yeah, which, which is really surprising. But look, um, for, for me, like the, the best part about it is um, they basically, I, I think they did Amir a favor um, because he, he wasn't going to make the team. And I think he probably knew that Saturday when he talked to us in the locker room, but uh, he's going to catch some passes from Chase Young. Like that's going to happen. That's a, that's a, or, you know, so, I mean, not Chase Young. I was going to say, I was, I got so young here. I was going to try to make years. a joke about Washington Bryce. instead. I was like, Man, young Bryce. Chase Young. Yeah. Uh, young Bryce. And Eric Bianami does have his hands full over there. Bryce, please stay healthy. But yeah, he's going to catch Eight. passes. He, he, he's going to play. Uh, he's going to actually catch some passes from Bryce Young. So um, the idea that Adam Thielen was like, hey. I actually have Bryce Young's personal sword. Right Come on. That's unnecessary. The audio only listeners. That's a what a letter opener, Seth. It's a letter. It's it's a it's a it's a Japanese letter opener. It's a wonderful gift from my wonderful grandmother. Yeah, it's from your grandma. Yeah, and an opportunity for a really cheap joke at the expense of a guy who's a million times the athlete and physical specimen that I will ever be. The best thing I'll- is he's four inches taller than Seth too. Okay, hang on, hang on. So you don't like it. What are you doing? You know I can only dish it out. <laughs> so. So they they look they looked at their surplus and they said, Look, man, make some calls, dog. Like, call anybody in the league. You got a D tackle? It any D tackle. Hell, he can even be on the Raiders. I'm sorry. The Raiders called us back? I guess I mean Hey, let's you got the you got the college tape Neil. What was what was our grade? What was our grade on him? Oh, uh, Will Farrell from LSU. Neil Farrell. Farrell? It's Farrell. It's Far- they, the Chiefs traded for Farrell, everybody. Not Cleveland. That would you know, be weird. You know you know how wild it's got to be to be like, not only are they our arch rifle, they don't want him on their team and will gladly take him. It's the Raiders special, dude. It's the most Raidery thing ever. It's like, oh, we finally got away from Gruden and Mike so, Mayfield. So he's giving the reins to Josh McDaniel. This will work out. So we're about to find out who can coach. Because I know Joe Cullen can coach. I don't know what they're doing in, in Las Vegas, but I, I I mean, I do know Joe Cullen and, and Steve Spagnuolo can coach. So it'll be fascinating to see, you know, I don't think Neil's going to be necessarily available for Thursday's game, of course, against the Lions, but he might be available in week two because you get that nine-day, uh, because you play the early game, you get, you know, what they call a, a mini-buy in a sense. You don't play that Sunday, but you do get nine days to sort of prepare for your week two opponent in Jacksonville. And yeah, um, so I know Chiefs fans are kind of heartbroken that, you know, Amir didn't make the roster, even though, you know, he made the preseason really entertaining and enjoyable because he he worked. He he worked 
um, to put himself in, in as best a position as possible. Um, I mean, you know how hard it is to run routes and be really good against NFL level DBs and then catching passes from, you know, Shane Bouchelle, Blaine Gabbert, and Patrick Mahomes. You know, like it's, uh, you know, he succeeded um, at, a, at a very, at a, at a task that is really hard to accomplish. Um, and now he's going to be on our team's roster for what I would assume for 17 for 17 games. I have no reason as to why Carolina would only retain him for like a month. They have like uh, receivers there. So I assume that's yeah, like yeah. Bryce Young's actually their fifth string receiver as well. And so, I mean, he, he got some wiggle to him, I'm sure. But, you know, the does the fun, the fun part is these two things are clearly tied together. Right. You don't you don't trade. Amir, unless you are certain that roster spot is coming back in that pick. I mean, the pick is basically the same value. Like if we actually get a seventh round pick back from the Panthers, and again, we don't know the details yet, then our sixth round pick in our estimation is going to be towards the second half of that draft. So in essence, you could say it's a seventh round pick. So, you know, you ensure that you keep the same amount of picks and also you, you give one of your surpluses away for somebody who is a talented player on a rookie contract who's at the age of 25 or 24, 25. And, you know, hopefully in a year or two with this coaching staff, he can progress to be a, a serviceable, you know, player at the position. Because again, we don't know if Chris Jones is going to be on the team in two years. That's kind of up in the air, but you do know that Neil Farrell, um, if everything goes right, will at least be part of the plan on the defensive line. What is his name, Neil? I don't know why you grabbed the legal pad. Yeah, it really is. Uh, and also kind of interesting this year, now they, they've spent uh, two sixth-round picks on enormous sort of uh, one-tech run-stuffing defensive tackles this year uh, with Keandre Coburn in the draft, and now Farrell uh, after the draft but only one year like you mentioned only one year further into his rookie deal so it's not like trading a sixth for a guy with one year left which i kind of like uh yeah that makes sense do you have anything else on uh, on neil seth i just it, it's a little interesting to me that they they if they're going to utilize they're gonna have three basically nose tackles on the roster and danny shelton on the practice squad unless he gets a better offer so yeah like Correct. i don't know how much uh i I just don't know how much. I'm sorry. Put on wrong. God, he's not the flash for a second. I can't do this live. I'm gonna keep laughing. We got to rotate. We got to rotate. Get him in. Get him in. I I caught the rain the other day when I was walking back from a from a lunch with some other uh, folk in town here. Some of the townsfolk and I in rural Minnesota were having lunch and discussing how we killed a Frankenstein monster and. <laughs> And so we, we like, I got caught in the rain. And so I ran back to the office because I hate the rain. I don't like being in the rain. You hate the rain more than you hate running? Oh, man. Well, now I'm back and forth because running in flip-flops. Shout out to you, Glenn, if you're still here. Man, my knees, I've hurt ever since. And so, like, I mean, I got back to the office and I'm... <laughs> and it was just so bad. So it makes sense. You want to rotate these guys in. But, like, 
I hope what I hope Dana's ready to get rotated into the interior. Because, you know, sometimes teams pass the ball also though on first and second down too. Yeah. And so I just the whole thing, I I I'm I don't know. It's just they've got a lot of nose tackles. It's just so funny to be like, hey, we're gonna keep seven wide receivers for the first time. And it's like, wow, we're kind of changing up the Andy Reid roster. Well, how many offensive linemen defense of it? Ten. What are you insane? Like, are you, <laughs> you think we're going to change the number of offensive or defensive linemen we have? What kind of absurdity is this? And so I just, I don't know. I, there weren't, Nate, you were right, though. And, oh, bam, poor Tucker. And, Nate, you were right, though, when you said right when camp again, like, there are not a lot of surprises here on this list. Like, Kennard not being on the list is a surprise. Let's talk about it. So Darian Kennard waved today by the Chiefs. I was certainly surprised by that also. Kelly Endo probably took his spot. I guess. I mean, he's more experienced at the position. No, I'm I'm dead serious. Like I guess. Like, I yeah. mean, sure. Um, it's also a it's also a smaller risk in you know, compared to the big risk with Chris. But it's hey, a does Cal- risk. sorry, does Kelly Endo all can he play center also? I feel like I honestly feel like they may have been talking about that in the lab, which I you know, our well, uh, esteemed colleagues. Because since Allegretti is a little banged up at the moment. Right. So so you, you, you keep Caliendo for that reason too, but um they they cut Austin Ryder today with the understanding that you a veteran. Stay off the phone. Don't answer a call. I don't care if they lost seven offensive linemen today. Don't answer the phone. See you back here on Thursday or whatever sure. from a calendar standpoint. And so he could be your backup center if you need to elevate and activate him on game day as well. Um, it's a smaller calculation with Darian Kennard because I thought he actually played a lot better as a guard than as a tackle, obviously. And so he has shown some versatility, some flexibility, which is what the Chiefs prefer. The issue now is because you are literally the Super Bowl champs. You're 32 on the waiver wire, which means, are you sure? Oh. <laughs> No, dog. Like that. That's why I thought he was going to be on the roster because he actually showed improvement from year one to year two. He can play guard. You probably need another guard who can, you know, do the Andrew Wiley. I'll kick out the tackle in an absolute hailstorm of a situation. But also, like, are you sure? Thirty-one other teams are going to be like, "Nah, we're good." Or is his agent going to tell thirty-one teams, "Nah, my guys never played an NFL snap." We're good. Like we're just gonna come back on the Chiefs practice squad. It was. It's odd, especially like it, it, in the world where everyone reverts to college scouting details on the guy they haven't seen play in the pro level. It sounded like more teams liked Kennard as a guard, which is what he is now. And at the time, the Chiefs were kind of like, "Yeah, we're gonna give him a shot to tackle." And it did. And it didn't work. And there was guard again. Everyone. Everybody was right. <laughs> but did somebody uh, say Leo should not let three tech give it to me. <laughs> yes, I'm in. Look, Leo, you go forward here, all right? Yeah. Leo, Leo, how much you winning these days? 255? North Eaton. Hey, shoot that gap, son. Oh, we're asking this to shoot the gap. Shoot it. Yeah. And shoot look, the gap. I don't, even, I don't even care if you're all sides. Shoot the gap. Yeah. <laughs> Make them regret everything. I, I'm trying to look. I do think they might do some goopy things with, um, with the linebackers this year. They clearly are trying to find a role for Chanel. I know they're running some of that 3-3-5. Um, but I still think that, and just I got a side note with everything, and I, this is apropos of nothing. I figured out Drew Tranquil, 
he what he is, he is a Steve Spagnolo thirst trap. He's not going to be able to stay away. How do you even know what that means, Seth? He's so shut up. I can't explain it. I can just say it. I can't explain. It. You know that. And so I I I, I do think they're going to find interesting ways to try to get multiple guys in the field. I just the, the ideas that fans have with Leo Chanel. I like him as much as the next guy. He made a couple of nice plays in the Super Bowl. If he is moving straight forward, but I've had people suggest him at edge. I've seen three tech before. I had someone ask me, and this was months ago, if he could do like the hybrid safety thing. And I said, no, because he'd have to cover people in space. That's why I like the three tech thing. That's Galaxy yeah, brain is no backpedaling, no covering. Just go get ball. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know if you saw him put Danny Shelton back in coverage. Maybe that's why he didn't make the final roster. It's like, he doesn't seem too comfortable passing off the seat of guys. I would be not to do that crossing route. Gene, <laughs> Danny, you got to feel that. But Tranquil is a guy that I would be shocked if they don't figure out a way to get him on the field a ton. But here's the problem. It's going to directly conflict with Speg's undeniable love, adoration, borderline exaltation of Nicholas Bolton. I don't think his full name is Nicholas, but it's funny. Better days. Oh, Audrey, I don't... you know what? How do you say Perrine? Perrine? P-Ride. P-Ride. Is that actually correct then? I, like, he's, yeah. he's cousins with, with Samaje. Samaje. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good. We're doing this still. That's great. Yeah. Uh-huh. Be, be, sorry, uh-huh. sorry. Knowing the fact about an answer, the, uh, knowing the answer to a question you asked? I'm sorry. I said I, no, I'm not going to out names. It's mean um, and it makes me feel bad. I, Nicholas Bolton on Pro Football Reference. No, uh, no middle name listed, but Nicholas, it says. Well, maybe Olas is his middle name. I don't think it is. All one word. Oh, um, media also just says Nicholas Bolton. Nick- go find like a Mizzou, a Mizzou uh, page at some point. I'll try to get to the bottom of what Nick Bolton. Leonardo. Apparently, it's Leonardo Chanel too. Like everyone, William. They're all so much more. They're so Andrew much- Tranquil. Andrew Tranquil. Man. Thank you, Kyle Henning, for recognizing. That was a terrific dad joke, I thought. I am upset Pirang didn't make the final roster. I understand that was almost always going to happen. People thought that they would maybe go with Clyde. They would Clyde. Can, can I please know ball for once? Yeah, because I tweeted something like two days ago that came true today, and I wanted to see what you guys thought about it, and, and if it will even stay there, because really we, we don't know. But with all of the conversation about seven receivers, four tight ends, four running backs, three quarterbacks, I wasn't even including the quarterbacks on this, which I still need to figure out what the bleep is going on there. But but I was looking back at, there was a, a great uh, a chart tweeted out by uh, Joseph Hefner. Work at KCSN, because everybody does. This is going to be so easy to credit people on this show from now on. <laughs> My colleague, whoever, whoever. That's a sack by George Karloftis of KCSN. <laughs> <laughs> the celebration now, he just pulls a microphone out of his pocket and starts talking. Uh-huh. <laughs> But but he tweeted out like Andy Reid rosters over the years and in all of the the numbers and everything. Mm-hmm. And what I saw there was what I am calling thirteen flex spots: running back, wide receiver, fullback, tight end. If you can get that to thirteen of those four groups, you're 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 pretty much good. That's kind of what it averaged out to for the most part. And so seven wide receivers, three tight ends with no Jody Fortson, which is a horrible horrible loss. Um, the, sh- the Times Ours was a big Jody Fortson show. Now only weird games exist in a world without him. That's hard to deal with. Um, and then if you only... A Justin Ross show. I think it might be a Justin Ross show now, actually. Uh, I don't know if you were on the bandwagon, but I was. Sky Moore? 
We'll, we'll figure it out. Please keep going. Yeah, let's feel it out. No, we'll, let's we can feel it out. Majestic white horse with diabetes. That was, but that's another. That's the show past. So I don't know. Um, but but then three running backs gets it done. You're not going to activate four running backs on game day anyway. The Chiefs didn't do that last year, even when they carried four. And Daenerys Prince had a disappointing back half of his preseason and back half of camp. It just didn't have all the hype of of earlier on in camp. And uh, I I like uh, I like P Ryan. I thought he did some really good stuff, especially in that third preseason game. Seeing him get around the edge the way that he did, that's a real trait. That was something. But he's bounced around. Yep. These guys can both be on your practice squad, and if one of the main three is is injured at any point, practice squad elevation, put him on your full 53, depending on what the injury is, whatever, that made sense to me. So I, I think that 13 total between running backs three, tight ends three, fullback zero, wide receivers seven, you know you're going to have at least one healthy scratch from that group. But, but maybe only one healthy scratch from that group, depending on how many receivers they have. Yeah, and for all the discussion about Matt Bushman over Blake Bell, that third tight end needs to block. Yeah. And so the only person you can trust in that situation who has NFL-level experience and can move bodies is is Blake Bell. And, of course, if Blake Bell's not on the roster, who's going to do quarterback sneaks? I mean, who, who's going to do this? I mean, they they've done it a few times with Noah Gray, um, but Noah Gray is the is the is the funny. Noah Gray is now the true tight end. Blake uh, Blake Bell is the blocky tight end, and Travis Kelsey is pass catcher one. <laughs> that's the that's the new phrase we need to get used to. Like there is a pass catcher one. I still think Kadarius Tony is receiver one whenever he returns. There's traditional tight end, Noah Gray, the most majestic white horse on a sandy beach. And then there's Blake Bell, who moves bodies, who prevents the guy in front of him from making the tackle. And so um, we'll see if anybody picks up Matt Bushman. I think he is an interesting prospect on the waiver wire, of course. Um, but yeah, it's it's understandable how they made that decision to keep three tight ends, even though they went into training camp believing that they were going to have four on the roster. And then Shane Bichelle, right now this roster has two quarterbacks on it. Uh, the third quarterback rule, third game day, free activation, um, is really incentivizing keeping three quarterbacks. I'm curious where you guys think this lands, What Nate, what you've heard. My my one quick thing is that I do feel like, once again, as I know ball, I know preseason ball, Kevin Cobb formula was fully in progress for Shane Bichelle because if they waived it him It really today, was. If they waived him today, getting the start, getting the reps over Gabbert, getting the post-game press conferences, that was somebody, hey, Arizona, do you need a quarterback? And Correct. And here we are. Um, I really wanted it to be Washington. I thought Eric Bieniemy swooping in, taking Shane Bouchelle, and then, you know, making that offense look competent. That was my favorite sort of uh, mm -hmm. at that point. But Kevin Cobb protocol, maybe, maybe Bouchelle played his way out of getting traded in the third preseason game. I don't know. What, what's the quarterback situation, Nate? Yeah. So it's one of those unfortunate moments where publicly we all saw what happened. I, I think Shane Bouchelle is talented. Um, Man, there were points in that second preseason game against the Cardinals where I thought for sure that he was a lock. Um, I think it's instructive that Andy Reid gave him the opportunity to start Saturday's preseason finale. Unfortunately, it did not go well. Um, even with, I, I thought based on Chris Jones, not reporting 
that that might actually be the roster spot that you could easily carry over to the offense. I thought there'd be more offensive players on the initial roster than the defensive players just because of the quarterback situation and obviously what's going to happen with Kadarius Tony, who more than likely will, unless proven otherwise, he's more than likely probably going to go on short-term IR. But obviously you have to carry him for the initial roster. So um, it's unfortunate that a guy, in my opinion, was very close to making the roster to see it go the other way. Um, you know, his contract wasn't guaranteed to my understanding and Blaine Gabbard's contract is guaranteed. And I'm going to say, and of course we have Andy Reid's track record of obviously valuing veteran quarterbacks who know who they are, who know the system, who know what it's like to be preparing as the backup and preparing as the starter and can obviously keep the offensive float instead of a guy who is, you know, all credit to Shane, he has yet to play and the NFL down. So obviously there's a little bit of mystery there. There there were a few things that happened also when, you know, Shane got a number more of those those kind of first team reps. I don't know if his cadence and his kind of, I guess you'd call it chemistry with his offensive line really improved over the course of three games. That's problematic. Um Mitch Schwartz tweeted about this, talking about um probably one of the worst losses I've ever seen Jawan Taylor take. Sidarius Smith, who by the way was traded for for like a pack of gum earlier this hour. <laughs> And is like, you know, a relative, almost elite pass rusher. But whatever, I guess. We don't need that guy. I mean, you know. Anyway, I'm still mad about that. I'm still mad. Seems like it. Still mad. It's like, oh, well, I don't know. Does Steve Spagnuolo ever use guys with a lot of power on the defensive end spot who have some length and generally win and are strong against the run? I don't think so. Anyway. Is so, really a day three pick? Yeah. yeah. A 2025? It's six and seven. Anyway. It would have been nice if you were going to have your all world pass rusher not around and you needed a dude. And this is, I don't, I'm not only mad at the Cats brothers. The Chiefs also could have done, yeah. made better moves with all of this. Anyway, and, the, and, and look, the, you know, for, for all of his purposes, the Chiefs, I think it's probably fair to say the Chiefs probably thought this was not going to go the way it's gone. Yeah. So, you know. Okay, sorry. It was two fifth round picks in 24 and 25, in, and they got Zedarius Smith a sixth and a seventh. So it was trading back in two rounds. I, I could picture it since we're, we're if you kind of view this the worst version of everyone's point of view like you know hey Chris Jones maybe sees himself a certain way and wants a certain amount of money we can also see the Chiefs being like well I see no reason why this human wouldn't take less money for the privilege of pay- paying for us indubitably let's offer him this I bet we don't need to prepare for this eventuality that's how they talk behind closed doors by the way um I, I'll just say my thing and then I'll be done because poor Tucker this is his first experience with this and none of us warned him yeah. Oh, this is this is what I, as you were you were going indubitably, and I was looking over and going, "Oh, Tucker, uh, Tucker asked how much longer this show goes." <laughs> guys, guys, for the love of God, will you please stop? I feel like I'm being held hostage. That's interesting. Uh, <laughs> he did not type that, by the way. That would have been hilarious, though. Anyway, so the the thing with Michelle, so Jawan Taylor took a really tough loss to Zadarius Smith, who's an excellent edge rusher, rushes with power. Um, Taylor struggles with that a lot more than speed, although he doesn't really struggle with power rushers either, but it's not as much his forte. Like Hassan Reddick gave him more problems than Micah Parsons, although Micah Parsons has a lot of power too. That dude's just a freak. But what you saw, Juwan Taylor, and I wrote about this on the Chief of the North, um, his first step is like a weaponized thing. He is unbelievably good at getting at the snap count where he gets like a yard and a half at start, so then he has this 
he, he's got a head start on him. He could be square. He could be set. He's ready to land the first punch. He's got terrific weight, size, all that stuff. He did not have that. He was slow off the line multiple times with Bouchelle. You didn't see it as many times with Gabbard. And so there's just this experience thing that it's just hard to overcome. I mean, did you guys see the um the the when Tua released the helmet head yeah. thing and what quarterbacks are looking at just in practice? This stuff is impossible, man. So I'm I kind of like Shane, you know, he when things broke down, he made some plays, but you got to assume the guy you want to step in, you got to assume Reed's plan isn't well, why don't we just have some come in and run around and throw the ball? And, and I think Gabbard's clearly a better fit for that. He he pretty clearly outplayed Bouchelle over these last couple of weeks. And so I think it was always going to go that route. Um, but it's it just those little details like snap counts, cadence and stuff. I mean, that that just matters. And I hope he catches on whether he, he comes back to the pra- practice squad or I don't know, maybe the Cardinals will play him and start him. Gannon won't tell us. So who knows? Um <laughs> But then, so that, that's just an interesting tidbit that I thought is kind of interesting for people to know with like that one step further and what really matters in terms of making it as the backup quarterback. Cause that matters. Right. Correct. This, this isn't the same thing as, as you sort of leading us, Nate, in the beginning of the show to, uh, so what are the, what's the first name we're going to say? Who are the first players we're going to talk about? But I do like the idea of being able to look back and say, hey, we're that first episode of Only Weird Games. Talked about Chris Jones for a while, the roster cut down, spent quite a bit of time on some running backs and Michelle and Kennard. And then Josh asked about Carson Wentz because here, well, because there was a couple of days, a couple of days ago. Yeah. I said, I'll see you. I'll talk to you later. Be here. Uh, you're going to have some, what is that? Some peanuts? Awesome. Honey roasted peanuts, honey roasted peanuts. Well, while, while Seth eats some nuts on the internet, Nate, um, we're <laughs> Nate, We're live, guys. Yeah. Uh-huh. Howler said a couple days ago that the Chiefs had been in contact uh-huh. with Carson Wentz. They talked this offseason. The, the doors open. Is that... I just... I haven't asked I haven't asked anybody. This is the first time I've said any of this out loud. Is that... Maybe? No. But unless... Look, um, it's so funny. Lady. It's so, it's so funny because I remember being at the Combine and talking to a multitude of folks. And I said, look, you know, the Chiefs... I know the Chiefs like Shane Bouchel. I know Chris Oladuke is going to be on the roster, but who's going to be that veteran who can push Bouchel or Bouchel can push the veteran? Who's going to be that guy? And I and I put in the article in the Athletic a pretty substantial list, and I thought, hey, Teddy Bridgewater kind of sounds interesting. Fascinatingly enough, he is the Lions' backup quarterback. Um, hey, what about Chase Daniel? Chase Daniel still on around? No, he works for the Athletic. Shout out to him. Um, hey, you know. What about? I, it's funny. I did not include Blaine Gabbert because he was not a part of the discussion that I had or the people that I had talked to, I should say. But Carson Wentz was in that group. So it is funny that, like, I named Carson Wentz and I said, man, that'd be an, an interesting, be an interesting story, you know, yeah. to just keep in mind, like, the, you know, because I think it's weird that Chad Henney, uh, puts Blaine Gabbert in a very interesting situation. Like, hey, man, if you ever step on the field, we think you're leading us to victories in January. <laughs> That's like the most weird distinction of a backup quarterback situation. Well, you know what Chad did? He only ran like his life depended on it on third and whatever it was. And then Andy let him throw the ball on fourth and one. So what you going to do about it, Blaine? Blaine? Yeah. Blaine? Blaine? Yeah. 
follow. That's not even fair. When you step on the field, Blaine, I expect us to go 98 yards down the field. Like, it's so weird. So I thought if it was Carson Wentz, um, he'd be in, like, a similar situation given his winding road of a career. But, yeah, I'm I'm sure that there's some – I'm sure that there's truth to it um, because I thought that it, it's it's really interesting that, again, Andy Reid gave Blaine – or Andy Reid gave Shane Bouchel a shot on Saturday. And if Shane Bouchel had passed that test, he was going to be the backup quarterback. And in light of that, you working out? You know, that's what that call a lot of times is. Hey, you working out? How you feeling? You know, what if it was to go a certain direction? Again, Blaine Gabbert's contract is guaranteed. Again, I don't think Clark Hunt is going to be comfortable saying, all right, cut this guy to make sure that, you know, uh, we're got, who I got to pay somebody else, you know, at a backup position. You can all, uh, you, I mean, the internet's obviously real. You can go look at what, uh, Chad Hitty made year over year as the backup quarterback. So they have, again, a, a precedent uh, set in. So, look, I think Blaine Gabbert, by default, won the, the, the backup quarterback spot. Yeah. But, you know, if something were to happen, it's just a case where you could say, hey, we checked in after the season. We checked in with the combine. We checked in before the draft. Obviously, we, we, we brought Blaine in. You know, we feel like Blaine is a capable backup. I think Blaine will bring a lot of value to the quarterback room because of the guy he was backing up previously, which of course is Tom Brady, which Carson Wentz does not have. So, and you have to remember too, this is a, this is a human sport. This is a relationship or a relationship based sport. Um, Blaine Gabbert knows Justin Watson guys. Blaine Gabbert knows Donovan Smith. Blaine Gabbert knows Tom Brady. Those are real relationships that matter that can help a team win um, when you have built-in relationships from previous experiences. So um, if something were to happen with the quarterback situation moving forward that we can't necessarily see now, yeah, maybe Carson Wentz does come into the mix. But it, it just makes sense because based on what happened against the Browns, yeah, you know, NFL teams have to kick the tires. NFL teams have to make phone calls. So how does he feel? How's he doing? You know, Hey, if something happens, keep us in mind, and we'll do the same for you. Nobody can ever say we didn't spend five minutes of this show talking about Carson Wentz and the offseason between the Chiefs winning one Super Bowl and maybe winning another. I mean, that this is this is welcome to only weird games, everybody. Um, I think here's how we we get out of the show here. I don't want to change the the ending act from one name of the podcast to now only weird games. So I, I think Nate still needs to we can give him the time, and then Seth, we can watch Nate like wrap up the show. Which is weird. The <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I will say again, you can read Seth's work on the Chief in the North newsletter, mnchiefsfan.substack.com. Nate is still at The Athletic, theathletic.com. I'm all over Sports Radio 810, WHB, Arrowhead Report. You can follow all of us on socials, the usual same places, uh, at by Nate Taylor, at Real MN Chiefs Fan, at JB Briscoe. Seth, I'm going to give you your space to stretch your wings, make a joke about something at my expense, or otherwise share your feelings and Nate. You get us out of here. I'm very, very happy that we're still doing uh, doing this together. I think we're going to have a lot of fun. Um, and in the future, I will have something to tell listeners as to what they should be doing in terms, you know, you already did it. And so you should also make sure to like and subscribe for more Only Weird Games and more Chiefs content. 
Um, but I, I'm I'm stoked to be doing this with you guys. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, still mad about Pirine and just <laughs> if if the difference between Chris Jones and the Chiefs is like two million dollars a year. Come on, man. Like just whatever. One <laughs> of you just like okay, guys, guys. We are fighting. Hey, about hey what a what of my well, contract. Like, one of those people is a multi billionaire and they don't talk about him. So I'm just I'm just I'm just seeing yeah. one guy is a multi billionaire who told Amazon you will start in my stadium. Amazon, if we gonna sign this deal, I'll see you in week two. <laughs> but that that's all I have to make honest to goodness. That was good. Also, good luck, Tucker. Hey, Tucker, good luck figuring out when this show ends. I, I don't. It, Nate will say the last thing. We might laugh, thing. but then you got to figure. Tucker, you got to pull the yeah. plug at the end. So Nate, you can say the last thing, and then we hope Tucker gets this figured out. Hey, also, I don't. Our we're gonna we're gonna get to twice a week very very soon, if not literally starting this week. Thanks, Lee. Note, but we're doing a little. Yeah, the cut down days and all of that. We're we're still figuring out the exact uh, order of operation. We're, we're gonna be back on a very similar schedule once. The- Nate, correct. Correct. Um, so two things. Uh at one point this man said, Amazon, that's us. I'll let your boy. Oh, you you oh you like the Chargers. Cool. Um, then he said, What about what about that game? What about that game in Germany? And the league was like, Come on now. Come on. Do you see Tom Brady? Hey, we can't give you this and that. Come on. Next year, next year. So that's why the Chiefs this year are playing in Germany, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and then secondly, guys, I've been covering this team for six going on seven years now. I can't believe today is literally the first day that I can confirm they actually talked to the Raiders. They actually <laughs> did this. Do you understand? From everything I've learned, Carl Peterson would have hung up. <laughs> it would never it would have never got to Marty Schottenheimer never never <laughs> ever okay hey Marcus got any legs in him bring him aboard that that is cool because you know he got to free agency oh did you the phone and did a deal oh my lord I just can't that she said, you know what? Call him back. I, I just, I can't believe it, guys. At some point, this man is going to be in uniform. Look at his former team. Who's the other side the team is now on? Where's Alvarez? Where's the third one? Where's the third The, the league had to say, are you serious? What? what? And now you what? know what's happening? Did they even tell Clark? I don't even know if they told Clark. <laughs> I don't know. Did they tell him? They tell him? I, I just can't believe that, like, they called the Raiders, or the Raiders called them, and the conversation lasted more than two minutes, and they actually did a deal. So that is how only weird game starts. Where the Chiefs and the Raiders made a trade on cutdown day, and Chris Jones still isn't here. 
yeah, guys, it's only going to get weirder from here. It's only going to get weirder from here. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.